Hey everybody, uh, my name is Joe Caruso, and I'm sitting here with Ben and Tanya Falkenberg. Um, here's what we're going to do today. Uh, ben and Tanya have uh, spent the last about two years getting themselves ready to join Shoulder to Shoulder, which is our uh, missions partner in Mazatlan, Mexico. We've been working with them for over a decade now. We're very excited to see Ben and Tanya take this step forward to join them on the team. And as uh, the pastor who gets to oversee uh, most of our missions endeavors here at Grace, it's been a little bit of my honor and privilege to walk with these guys in this journey a little bit and also to sit down with them today and kind of chat through this. So hi, Ben. Hi, Tanya. Hi, thanks for having us. How's it going? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm doing really good sitting down with you guys. This is a good time. Um, and, you know, just because I love to throw these little shout outs, we're also sitting down with Kyle. He's making sure up, that you can hear uh, everything that we're talking about. You won't hear from him, unfortunately, but he's making sure that uh, our smooth pipes are coming through loud and clear. What a guy. Uh, <laughs> you're the man. Um, I'd say wave, but we're not on video. So <laughs> he waved for those of you not watching. All right. So let's. Let's just go ahead and dive in. I want to spend some time hearing about your guys' story and your journey. Mm -hmm. I think if I'm just speaking from some of my experience and as I watch some people live their kind of spiritual lives, I think a lot of people assume that they're not going to be the ones that are asked to do something for the Lord, even on a small basis sometimes, let alone kind of turn everything upside down and move to a different country. Um You'll talk about this a little bit. There are facets of that that would have been true for you. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, where did this start? And how did we get from um, I met a guy about Mexico to, yeah. hey, guys, we're leaving? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, there's there's a lot there. Um, it, so we're sitting in the production room here at Gent Road, and it actually started in this room. And yeah. so um, October of 2019, <coughs> uh, we were about a year into that Grace Unscripted podcast. And um, there was a missions conference, and so you guys asked me, hey, would you bring on a couple of these guys? So we had Shalo come on, and then we had John Reeser come yeah, on. Yeah, Shalo, our pastor from Haiti, in yeah. case you didn't know. But yeah, that's awesome, and, and John. And so, and so John came on, and so I had heard from like lots of people who had been down to Mazatlan as part of some of those trips. And so I knew like a tiny bit about what what was happening there and that we were partnered in some capacity, but I didn't know much about Shoulder to Shoulder at all. So um, I met John, and we spent a couple hours just – kind of hanging out and getting to know each other. And I, I really liked him. He, I mean, he's he's like one of those lovable guys um, that you just meet and instantly you, you kind of like him. But I didn't think much of it like moving forward, honestly. Um, and so we kind of left it of like, John, I hope one day as my kids get older, we could come down on one of these short-term trips. It'd be great to see you someday. And then that was it. And so went home and uh, life just kind of moved on. And then it was, it was really like two months went by. And then in December of 2019, I didn't know what was happening, <laughs> but what was happening is God was like, boom, I'm calling your family to the mission field. And so people had like, even articulating that is not easy. Like, what does that look like? Like, what did that feel like? Um, I think it felt, I felt super restless, mm. but that my restlessness had like a direction. And it was like, I had this very strange belief that like, God was asking us to be a part of what they were doing in Mexico, the work mm. that we were partnered with. And it was very specific too. It always felt that direction. And so um, I kind of sat on that for like a month by myself before I brought this, this gal into it. And so finally I told her and I kind of had dropped a couple and finally I was like, this isn't going anywhere. And she was like, this is insane. <laughs> 100%. Like, no chance. Like, you've lost your mind. Yeah, you lost your mind. And so uh, I was like, okay, you know, and uh, and I was like, well, I, 
I'm reaching out to John. Like I got to talk to him. And so I sent John a message on Facebook and was like, um, John, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm asking here, <laughs> but I can't shake this belief that like God is calling us to be a part of the work that Shoulder Shoulders doing. And I just remember asking him like, is this even on your radar? Like, do you need help? Um, I remember typing to him, if the answer to this is no, this would be a massive relief to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, uh, he sent me a message back like the next day and he was like, hey, Ben, uh, we've been praying for help. We really mm. need another American couple. And I thought, oh boy. And so um, we connected, a lot of our early on uh, conversation was just like Facebook video messenger. And so we hopped on and uh, I spent two, three hours talking with him and his wife, Rachel, was in the background there and just kind of sharing like who I was and what was going on and this and that. And so um, John's advice to me was, well, Ben, if, if you feel like God might actually be calling you to the field here, um, your first step has got to be to walk uh, right to your church here. He's like, this isn't something that you and your family would walk out or even that we like we would walk out with you. He's like, grace has to be a part of this from day one. He's like, because they're your accountability. They're your sending church. Like, he's like, I don't even know you. They, they'd have to green light. Like, I don't know anything. They have to be early on involved. And I was like, okay. And so I, I texted you and I was like, hey, can I get a, a meeting with you and Paul Basona? I have some questions about missions. That's what I told him. <laughs> And so we had, um, so the, our, our meeting uh, was January of 2020. And so I drove to that meeting alone because I was still the only one walking this journey here. Um, and I remember, um, I remember driving to that and praying, God, if this is a midlife crisis or if I'm bored and I'm leading this, would you please end this today? I was like, because Tanya's already really upset and we are busy enough here. I mean, we were, I was doing the podcast. We were doing the man up stuff. Um, and just, we have three little girls. I mean, like life's busy enough. And I was like, we don't need to just waste a bunch of energy here. And so walked into your office and was like, Joe, I think God's called my family to the mission field. And I think he's calling us to be part of the work in Mazatlan. And, uh, and, uh, your response was, well, we've been praying with them that God would bring some help and we will walk with you in this. You've been here for a decade and you've faithfully served. Like we, we will walk with you in this. And so, um, I remember crying in that meeting. I remember crying pretty hard because um, even though I was by myself and Tanya was still like, a, this isn't happening. For me, in, in that moment, I did the math. A couple of things had happened. Tanya was praying that these doors would shut. I was praying, God, if this isn't you, would you close these? And when those first two doors just like swung open, I realized in that meeting pretty quickly, like, okay, this might actually be something. And so that was difficult. It was almost like on the fly in your office, I'm realizing like, oh my goodness, this might actually be happening. And this is still so early on. But I think for us, when those first two doors opened, when we were pray praying that they wouldn't, um, what that did is it set in motion two years of doors opening. Mm. And so for us as people like, what is a call to missions? I'm like, for us, it's it was some urging and like a tiny step, but what happened is we began to walk door to door to door and we would just kind of take the next step to the next door and be like, is this opening or like, and there was times that we, I mean, remember talking, like I thought they were shut a few times and then every time the door would just open and we just kind of look at each other and pray through to the next door. And so by the time, like fast forward, you know, a couple years in and you're kind of making the decision here you look back and you see this hallway of doors mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, I know we're in the right place. Like there is no way we got here without God supernaturally opening some of these doors here. And so um, and so that that's kind of how this all got set in motion. And then for us, um, 
you your first thing too was like, hey, well, let's go down there. Like, let's get down into the city, uh, into Mazatlan, because we I'd never even been there. <laughs> like, yeah, right, right. Like, God's closest place, we've never been. That's a part of the crazy story. It's yeah. not like you guys had done short-term trips. Uh, yeah. I mean, not even short-term missions trips And as you're adults, and um, you hadn't been to Mazatlan, Mexico, and you had only had this conversation. And similarly to like what you're talking about with these open doors, it's not like you guys were praying no. for this. And I think that's important for our listeners to hear. This isn't something that you were trying to make happen. Mm-hmm. And then because it did, you're like, well, this must be an open door. If anything, it was the opposite. And you're like, God yeah. keeps pulling us down a yeah. pathway despite ourselves. Yeah, I think a lot of yeah. times when you talk to people that are now missionaries, they maybe grew up traveling a lot or you know they just always had that that nudging and here we are in our mid-30s and we put roots down deep roots you know and we uh, had kids and found jobs we love and are forever home and involved in ministries in this community and we were not looking to move you know we had put our roots down and loved it here and so i think that's what's different about our story is because we weren't looking for this absolutely i and i i love it and we're gonna get into more of that here, of course, as we continue on. But so what's next? So now you're starting to see at the beginning, some of these doors are getting kicked wide open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at this point of the journey, Ben's like, I think I'm all in. And Tanya's like, yeah. hello there, fella. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah. I, I'll have Tanya kind of answer this. Uh, so basically, we booked a trip with you and, mm-hmm. and we're like, hey, April 2020, we're going to go down. And a lot of that was like, let's just see it now. Like, if this is a no, let's not waste time. Let's just figure out, like, is this is this... Uh, the next step or not. And so we booked a trip in April of 2020 um, and then COVID hit. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, right. And so I remember when COVID started, I'm like, ah, this might be like two or three weeks. They said we flatten the curve, we'll be fine. And then I, I quickly realized like, oh, this isn't going anywhere. And so um, so COVID shut down uh, everything, right? It shut down our church and all this junk and, and it canceled the trip pretty quickly. And I remember you being like, um, let's consider this a global pandemic and probably not just God shutting your door. <laughs> Because every door shut everywhere, and like okay, um, but in that um, there was frustration for me when that got closed down. Because you're like, oh man, like I really wanted to get some clarity. Because you're like, I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And um, in retrospect, that was the most important thing that could have happened. Um, that trip getting canceled was so important to us in this journey. Because I think COVID was a lot of things to a lot of different people. To us specifically, it was a very unique gift of time. Mm-hmm. And it was time for Tanya and I to really lean into what is going on here. Like, what does a call from the Lord look like? And so that was a, a massive endeavor so for us. So are you saying that this global pandemic was our fault? Was your fault. <laughs> it only happened to slow you guys down a little bit just to process with Jesus? I, I, mean, I wouldn't say that. They won't let me into the state of California or something, probably if we say that too loud. But yeah, I, I mean, it was a, it was an enormous it was an enormous gift of time and and some of COVID has been super frustrating and it's been a real thing to a lot of people and so very sensitive I mean I'm doing anesthesia for a living like I've seen this firsthand Um, but in this we were able to take the gift of time that came with the COVID shutdowns and so Mm -hmm. Tanya can speak to that what that meant for her and for our marriage it was an incredible um, an incredible gift in a very frustrating circumstance yeah, we, we joke that if we would have taken that trip in April, I would have been hanging on to the back of the airplane. Like for dear life. <laughs> for dear life. Like, what is happening right now? It, because before COVID happened, Ben and I were working nights and involved in ministries. We had one, maybe two nights together a week. 
for nighttime purposes. For like and now, years. And now COVID happened. I'm out of a job. Ben's part-time. And we have all this time together. And so we took advantage of that and we canceled cable and we started to pray every single night together. And so our COVID time looked a lot of prayer, reading, talking, me crying. <laughs> That's what the COVID <laughs> shutdown looked like in the Falkenberg In that house. order. In that order, pretty much. Um, and what was happening was I was becoming face to face with my sin mm-hmm. and all these idols that I had in my life that I had no clue were even there. And I heard God asking me, would you be willing would you be willing to sell your house? Would you be willing to move away from family? Would you be willing to let go of your job? And I kept saying no. And that's not a healthy spot to be in, right? When God's saying, would you be willing? And I'm like, no, nope, I'm not. I'm not. So clearly something was was happening in me, right? That I was, I had to wrestle through that. And I was just coming face to face with my sin that I didn't know was there. And I wasn't quite sure how to work through that. But thankfully, with COVID, it gave us time to, to pray together as a couple. It gave me solitude to talk with the Lord, to hear from the Lord. And we started reaching out to pastors and missionaries. Give us wisdom here. What does a call from God look like? What does life as a missionary look like? I started to join those Facebook Messenger chats with John and Rachel to try to get to know them. And um, and I had to implement confession in my life, too. And and find my group of friends and family and be like, listen, I want my comfort. <laughs> like, what do I do with this? You know, I didn't know that this is where I was spiritually, but now that kind of a light has been brought into this, I'm not quite sure how to deal with this. And I feel like if I'm completely honest, I was in a position where I was telling the Lord, God, I want to know you. I want to be used by you, but as long as I can live in my house, as long as I can live in my city and work in ministries filled with people that looked like me was where I was at. I think that so much of what you just described sounds a lot like the folks that Jesus came across was like, I want to follow you. And he's like, well, then just do this. And and they went away sad, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's like, well, sell everything you have or, you know, don't let the dead bury their dead. And, you know, all these different interactions where it's like, follow Jesus. Well, I just want to follow you as long as I can still do what I want. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, in some ways I don't want to put a bite to your experience, Tanya, but that's yeah. kind of the And I didn't right? know that I was that person. Right. I don't think many of us yes, do. Yes. Until yeah. you're like there and you're questioning and then mm-hmm. you see your true self. And that was, that was sickening for me. Mm. And so that's what COVID was for me, was wrestling with the Lord. Fun times. It was fun. <laughs> it was great. Um, and she's not like a, she's like a pretty laid back gal. Like she's not like high maintenance emotional. Like she's pretty steady. And so- Watching this was difficult, frankly. Like, so when, when, like, the first time I remember, Joe, you came over to our house in March and just kind of talking before the trip got canceled and we were still hoping it would go. And I mean, we use a language like in missions now, it's like trailing spouse. Like, God mm-hmm. usually calls one of the spouses and then the other one's like the trailing spouse that takes a while to get there. Um, and I remember you talking through that with us and Tanya wrestling through, like, I am not even close to like where this is with Ben. And, and so, my prayer the whole time was, um, God, if this is what you have for us, you have to unite us here. Mm-hmm. Like, like we built man up. Man up is headship, leadership. But like, <laughs> there's times when the man I think is called to the plate to make hard decisions. I don't think dragging your spouse and your kids to Mexico against their will is that time. Right. <laughs> so right. I was right. just like, God, we have to be united here. This is our family's call if this is what you yeah. have. And so would you please unite us if this is what you have for us? And then I sat back and watched six months of maybe the most incredible transformation I've ever seen um, of 
of God doing that, of uniting us, mm-hmm. but it was painful. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, I would come home and she was crying almost every day. Mm. And I remember at some point starting to pray like, God, you got to like ease up here. Like you're crushing her. Mm. Um, like, would you put your, like, she doesn't even feel like loved sometimes, yeah, but I it, felt it was like, tough. I felt like he was asking too much, oh, right? It wasn't like, will you give up your job? I felt like he was asking me to give up everything besides our health, right? I just felt like he was asking everything. And I... I, I did go through a season where I did not feel loved by God, that I felt like he was not personal, that he was just the king that was like, do this, I don't care. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, this is kind of throwing me off. And so I had to walk through that. And I remember two things specifically helped me during that process. And one was I was journaling one morning, honestly kind of venting to the Lord of God, if we're one, if we're united, why are you just speaking to Ben? Mm. Like, what is this? How, how does submission look in a marriage in a healthy way when your husband, whom I trust, is telling me I'm feeling this way, but I'm not getting anything, <laughs> right? And so I'm venting, like, you know, in my journal, God, come on, like, what's going on? I'm confused. And I feel like he gave me a word picture, which I've explained this to you, but I feel like he gave me a picture of a wedding invitation, and the envelope said to Mr. Ben Falkenberg, and the, you open the envelope up, and the invitation inside says, uh, Mr. Falkenberg and family is invited to attend the wedding celebration of so-and-so. And I remember thinking, okay, God, I'm invited. I'm wanted. My kids are invited. The whole family's invited to this shindig. But the initial shindig. form of communication got sent to the head of the household. Mm. And that that is not something to be um, in a comparison or in a fighting manner of why are you speaking to him and not me, but of a, huh, I'm actually blessed that I have a husband that leads our family spiritually. Mm -hmm. That when he comes to me and says, I think I'm hearing from the Lord, I actually trust him because I trust his character. And I have a husband that, you know, is in the word and is praying and longs to, to have our life and our unit be in submission with the Lord's will. And so that I should be thankful for and that it's just the initial form of communication. The initial, hey, I think I'm calling your family to Mexico was to Ben, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to kind of let that go and to see, no, I'm invited. I am wanted. So are the kids. And so if that is the case, God, if I'm invited, what do you have for me? Like help me to be more willing to pursue this. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the midst of seeking wisdom and and reading the Bible, we also read a book called Anything by Jenny Allen. And that was an awesome book. It's a story of her and her husband praying God anything, anywhere. And they were walking through elements of their life and, and almost submitting, right? God, is this the house you want me in? Is this the job? Is this the town? God, anything, anywhere. So Ben and I started to implement that prayer into our life. And it's a dangerous prayer and we've never prayed it before. Here we are, you know, mid thirties, we've never prayed that. And so it was a really exciting time to kind of be like, okay, God, anything, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember, um, you mentioned when I got to come over to your house in March and we were talking kind of pre-trip mm-hmm. and watching you two. And like you said, hanging on to the back of the plane yeah. type of deal. And we had a great conversation. It was a great time together. Yeah. Great time of prayer too. And um, but then because of COVID, we didn't get together again for like another two months. It was longer than that. I think it was like six months. It was like six yeah. months. Yeah. It all runs together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, co- no, I COVID think COVID did. is like, was it a week long or a year and a half? <laughs> I, know, what is, I don't know what that I is. Know. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, so the next time I come over, which apparently was like eight years later, uh, <laughs> but when I come over, I mean, you could, I could sense 
that the Lord had done something yeah. different mm-hmm. in you, Tanya, and yeah. you too, Ben. Like, yeah. because you, you, Ben, were so uncomfortable early on with mm-hmm. like, I don't, this tension mm-hmm. of I can't shake this nudge from Jesus, but I know that I'm also called to love yeah. uh, my wife like mm-hmm. Christ loves the church, and He gives His life up for her. Yeah. Jesus, what are you asking me to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I so appreciated that. Um, you know, I think leadership and even headship in a household is sometimes sold as this, like, do whatever I want bill of goods. That's mm-hmm. not accurate. Mm-hmm. Like, le- good leadership has people running after their leader, charging the lines, if you will, behind their leader. And so it's not looking back and realizing you're dragging people along with you. It's looking back and realizing people are willing to charge with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that was that tension that you were feeling, Ben, and that for me, because I wasn't obviously in your house every night right. crying and journaling with yeah. you. It was fun times, man. You should have come <laughs> over. So that like, you know, six month gap, I'm like, the Lord mm-hmm. has done incredible work in both of your hearts. Yeah. And to see your unity at that point was Yeah. Uh, it was pretty well. I remember you coming over and I remember like almost like I, this is gonna sound whatever. I remember <laughs> I remember like almost presenting to her, her to you of like Joe, you want to see what happened in the last six months? Here you go. And I remember her like sharing and you just looking at like, this is the most outrageous thing I've ever heard in my life. Like it was like you, the last time you'd seen her, she was like way back there. And then I was like, here you go, Joe. Yeah. And it was just like this crazy thing to be able to be like, that's what COVID was for us. Yeah. yeah. God just did that in us. And so um, it was it was a code super frustrating a lot of times, but like oh, yeah. that part of it was spectacular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so then by the time we were able to actually go on our first vision yeah. trip, because the first one got canceled, we went with you, Joe and, and Paul, and uh, we went in November. So I was in a much different spot then when we were able to take our first vision trip. Now, I will say I still maybe wasn't super excited. Sure. I, I wasn't I wasn't. I didn't have the confidence that this for sure is what the Lord wanted, but I was open. Yeah. At least I wasn't withholding it. I'm going to go down and show you why this isn't going to work, yeah. which I probably would have done in April. And do you remember so, the cult? I do. Can we well, tell I was just going to say, absolutely. But like, it, I think that this is an important like pause for our listeners because you guys landed at a willing spot together, this massive transformation that happened over the spring and summer. Mm-hmm. But then when we get to November, it's not all roses from there. It's no. not right. all, no. well, now the path is clean and you guys are just on board and everything worked out like some type of missionary version of a Disney movie. You know, yeah. it's like it didn't work out that way. Um, but yeah, I want to I wanna talk about this uh, young horse that this we saw is, in Mexico. This was the best. Um, and then I also want to spend a few minutes talking about like your guys' experience those yeah. first few days in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Because I think that's going to be really important for our listeners to process too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So let so, me... <laughs> Um, so let me set up. You, you want me to tell the story? Yeah, you tell, I'll the, tell story. the story. This we were best. all in, in a van driving around, um, <coughs> you know, seeing different parts of Mazalan, And we get to this kind of back country area. And there's a guy who I'm going to call Cowboy, right? He's on a horse. <laughs> and then he's behind him. He's, he's trying to get a colt who is tied to him and his horse up this hill, up this road. So there's this cowboy on his loyal horse and then a colt that's just putting feet in like he is not He's wanting dragging to that mug go. on his back. He was like fighting with all of his might, not wanting to submit to the the main leader horse or the cowboy. And so 
we're watching this in our van. We're stopped because we can't even go on this road, right? We can't drive down this road because Cowboy and Colt are just going at it in front of us. And so we're just watching this play out. And I made some comment about how Ben was the Cowboy and I'm the Colt. You said, look, that was me for that the last eight me. months. And I laughed so hard. So amazing. that was me the past eight months. I felt like Ben was trying to say, come on, just trust me. Like, just let's pursue this. And I was like, feet in, I will fight you on this. And I remember thinking that. Mm-hmm. And then as we finally drove past, I like whispered out the window to the Colt. I'm like, I know how you feel. <laughs> so Paul Blissone still calls her Colt to this day. That's Absolutely. his name for her. That's not going to go away. So, no, no. All right, so, uh-uh. so, so that was funny. Um, that trip though, so it's, it's wild because we walked through that crazy season of COVID and unity and all this. And then we got to November and it wasn't rose colored. Like in many ways, the messiest part of this whole thing was the next several months after that. And so we got down there and we went with some areas of immaturity and we're just like immature culturally. Like we haven't, we're mm-hmm. from both from like little white suburb town. She's from Mount Vernon, I'm from Wadsworth. Like we're not super well traveled. Like we've been to Europe for a little bit and I've been to the Dominican, Jamaica, nothing like we're not travelers. And so we showed up there so excited to see like, what is this going to look like? And we'd had so many people from the church mm-hmm. who were like, you're going to love it. Like it's beautiful, but, but they had been there for like nine days, short term trips. And so they're going down for this. We're going down like, Lord, can I bring a seven year old, a six year old and a three year old here? Right. And so we got there and it was like getting punched in the face with a culture shock that I did not anticipate. I mean, you're driving and the military's in a truck behind you, guys in the back with a 50 cal on and camo. No and one's like, in car seats. People are driving hey, fast. What is going on? And, yeah. and so it was really difficult. And, and my journal is is like comical. Like, And you guys saw it, and we were trying to pretend it wasn't happened, but we were <laughs> getting wrecked. And I remember the so first weird. night sitting in our room, Tanya and I, and she said, do you think you just like missed it? You think you think you just, did you just get excited here? And I'm journaling like, God, I don't know what's happening. And so we, we'd we been praying for unity. And she was like, what's the percentage chance we end up here? And I was like, zero, zero percent. I think we were like 20. Like I was we were at like- zero. My journal was like zero. And meanwhile, Rachel tells John, unbeknownst to me, like, John, we should just tell them to go home. Like, there's no way they're going to make it. Like, there's no way. And John says, well, I don't know. I think the Let's Lord might be process. in this one. Like, that's good. So anyway, so we... Hung in there. We tried to save face. And I we remember were, just being like, I just want to go home. Like, what What am I doing? We were also up for like 20 hours, yeah. like with the time change. And, and then they're trying to Super treat us to dinner. Yeah. And we were just tired. It was exhausting. Right? It was a long day. But but basically, like we hung in there and we had the whole week. And so like, it, I mean, honestly, we'd like go to bed the second or third day. Like, where are you at? And we're like, ah, 50-50. I mean, it's just like we were slowly getting more comfortable. And I think that happens when you right. travel regardless. But I think it was like a supernatural unity being built too, where we both woke up the last day. Um, well, let me say this real quick. We had one meeting that was super important. I remember I was like, Joe, I just gotta go take a nap. I gotta go lie down. You came and guys from like, and we sat with the Reesers and and, and, uh, and Tanya says to Rachel, are we just the first people that like got this far along? And and that's how we were feeling. That's how like, I felt. Like, and Rachel yeah. looked across at us and said, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, do you? It was. She was like, "Wake up!" Like, do you? you not like, know how we all know what's is. happening here. You guys are the only ones. Like, God is calling you to this, mm-hmm. and that was like a water in the bucket of water in the mm-hmm. face force where it kind of we were like, "Oh, really?" And so that helped us begin to process things differently. And so 
Um, like our last our last morning, we sat with you and, and Paul and then the research and we just kind of like roundtabled it. And we're like, okay, like where's everybody at? And we were able to laugh about like the culture shock and all of that and, and working through that. And, and it was like, you guys were like, hey, it's a green light to take the next step. They were like, it's a green light to take the next step. And, and we were like, we'd like to. What is the next step? Like, what does that look like? And I remember um, them being like, well, if you're 23, you'd probably just like come down, honestly. But you're 35 and you have kids and we want, and you have careers and family that's all here in Northeast Ohio. So we really want to layer in some protection for you um, and we want you to come back down. And I think one of the cool parts of unity is that like we accepted that as love and we were mm-hmm. grateful. We did not feel at all offended of like, oh, we didn't prove it. We took that as like they're loving us. Mm-hmm. And we were super grateful for that because I think for me, for a year I'd been able to say, I think, I think God is calling us to the mission field. And um, like one of my cousins, she and, and they served for 30 years in Bogota. And she was like, Ben, if you're going to get on that plane, you have to know it in your bones. Like you can't think it. You have to absolutely know because you're going to sit down on that plane and you're going to think, what in the world are you, am I doing with my life? So you have to know. And so I think for us, when they were like gifting us more time and asking us to come back down, I receive that as like, thank goodness, because I'm not ready. Like I don't know this yet. And so um, so we were very grateful for that. And so Tanya went right back down um, on a trip to Tiakapan. It was like six weeks later, she popped down the, the New Year's trip. Um, you talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so Grace goes to shoulder to shoulder twice a year. Um, and the one in January is normally to a town called Tiakopan. And so there was a mission trip already planned. And so when John and Rachel said, I want you to get more experience down here, I want you both to come back down again, um, to kind of see it again without the culture shock, right? And so I came back and reached out to the church and was like, hey, we leave in six weeks, can I join that team? And um, so I did. And that was great because when I went back down, the culture shock was not there. And it was and, just you. And it was just me. So I didn't have Ben even there with me. And I feel like I could spend time with the Lord myself and just be like, God, speak to me, like confirm this to me. And I could also see kind of the relationship between STS and Grace, like an example of what does a missions trip look like? How does this function as I'm viewing it from like, can I join their team? Well, how, how does this work? Um, so I was able to get a lot of my questions answered. We were able to get a realtor and look at houses and look at parks. I needed to see life. I needed yeah. to see where are my kids going to school? Like, where's the grocery store? I needed to see that stuff. And they, they allowed me to be able to do that. So that was such a blessing. And just to have more conversation and uh, you know, just real honest conversation of what are you, how are you feeling about me? What's your questions? Like, let's get into this. And so that trip was really good. And I came back um, after that trip and I said, okay, I know people are on a high out of a missions trip. I said, but I just want to let you know that like, it's a green light from me to pursue this. I said, I'm, I'm fearful. I'm going to wake up and be 60 and think, what if we would have done that? Mm. You know? And um, so now, I mean, my, my, I still have, my dream of, of owning land and kind of living in a small town here in the States, like that's still there. Doorless I very much Jeep. You want a doorless Jeep. Want a doorless Jeep. I, that's still very much a thing of mine, but I feel like God implanted a new dream mm-hmm. for me, for my kids to, to be bilingual and understand what it feels like to be a minority and to see the church in action. And this new dream was birthed in me that wasn't there before. So it's not like all my other dreams and goals went away. It's not like God was just like, oh, you're no longer Tanya who you've, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I just feel like he implanted this new dream and that's what I started to not be able to shake. 
right? It's like, it's kind of the same feeling Ben had a year previous where this new idea you were kind of wrestling with and you couldn't shake it and you had to pursue it. And that's where I was of just, I could see our family looking different than the way that I planned it. And I started to really like long for that and like pray for that. And I don't know if we'll get into this, but there was a, um, a moment where I wasn't sure if we, we were going to go. And I, um, Ben will share this later, but he was meeting with you, Joe and mm-hmm. Pastor Nate. And I remember sitting upstairs folding laundry, just crying because I thought that this might've been a closed door. And I just remember crying, God, I want to go. You've knit my heart to these people. And if we can't go, I'm going to be crushed. And that was really opening for me uh, to, to see God. Wow. You really have changed my heart like in a 180. Cause now I'm crying for a different reason now. Well, thanks for listening thus far. So thrilled to hear how God has been working their lives up to this point. Make sure you guys check out part two to hear more about their journey and also what's next as they continue to head toward Mexico.